Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon. We have 14 employees, over 650 titles in print with 20 to 40 new books per year, and we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or perhaps you just want to better understand the publishing industry. I mean, surely you once had a first palette. No, no, back in my day, you got a hundred at a time. Were you were you born with a pallet jack? <laughs> I, it was like right arm was a pallet jack, and uh, left arm was a pallet. <laughs> so this is the first episode where I'm taller than you, I believe. It's like being a self watering plant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> this week we are going to talk about, if you haven't guessed, pallets. How to receive book pallets, which are the pieces of wood that books are shipped on, because books are so numerous, plentiful, abundant, and large and heavy that they don't just ship in a box or a series of boxes. They ship shrink-wrapped on top of a piece of wood designed to be moved by a forklift. I mean, they are in boxes on that piece of wood, hopefully. If you get your palette with just unboxed books. Has happened. That's, wow. We, we see, when I proposed this topic, Joe was like, what is there to talk about that there's so much to talk about? So, we'll see. Every publisher, except Joe, has a first experience. You, you always have your first palette, and often when you're just starting out, that palette is delivered to your home on a residential street, which is also exciting because it comes in a really giant truck. And they don't always know that they need the equipment to bring it to you on your residential street. So yeah, I guess like what walk us through, walk us through the steps of like before you get the palette when you're like ordering the books from the printer. Like what are the things you need to know to ensure that your palette arrives to you? You tell them your address. Mm -hmm. it makes it much easier to find you. And you normally do that in the way where. You know, sometimes your printer will be like, what is your address? And then you give them your home address and they're like, okay, clearly that's your billing address. Where do you want these shipped to? Because as you probably have surmised from the previous 79 episodes, most publishers ship to a warehouse somewhere deep in the suburbs of Memphis or what have you. So... You know, because they work with a distributor or a storage operation. So, naturally, the question after that is surmised that you are shipping these books to your house is the printer being like, can they fit a truck in there? And then this naturally leads to a conversation about truck lengths. And, you know, they do have what they call a short truck for last mile deliveries where they bring it in on the big long 18 wheeler and then they move your pallet onto a smaller truck if just to be able to like make tight turns on residential streets that's a thing too and you also have to request a lift gate yeah yeah and so you don't have to but if you don't request a lift gate it means you have to take apart the pallet on the truck which 
honestly is probably fine since you're gonna have to do that anyway but sometimes your driver will be rather impatient especially upon arriving and making numerous tight turns to get to you and not to mention the people in your neighborhood trying to drive past um, that truck on your street which can sometimes be a challenge so it still happens about once per pallet that uh, somebody will come by and make random threats to our truck driver for uh, not being able to drive through the street at 60 miles an hour as if there was no large truck there. Yeah, our commercial street is, I mean, our commercial building is on a residential street, so we also have to request a lift gate, and once in a while they don't send it once we had to take apart like four or five pallets on the truck. And so a lift gate is just, it means the back of the truck moves down to meet the ground. It's a truck elevator. And on a typical, you know, truck freight delivery, they assume that you have a loading dock, meaning that the you have a piece of concrete that is built to be level with the back of the truck, and then you have a little piece of steel that you put across the truck bed to your loading dock, and then they just roll the pallets across that. You know, like um, when you see trucks unloading at the grocery store, you know, that's how they do it. They don't, they're not gonna like lower things down if they're bringing in, you know, 30, 40 pallets. It's just far too time consuming. So, that's essentially what's expected of you once you reach a certain volume. Someday we'll have a loading dock. Yes, someday. So before your pallet arrives, you will po possibly get some kinds of notification. Like your printer will probably tell you. Let us pray. That doesn't always happen, but they'll probably tell you, hey, we shipped this. They might even send you like a piece of paper or a PDF or something that says how many pallets they shipped and by what carrier. Yeah. And then the carrier ideally should call you to schedule a delivery. Yeah. And by schedule, that means... <laughs> they will, it's kind of like <laughs> when you work with Comcast and they call and they're like, yes, I'm making an appointment. Um, it'll be sometime between 6 a.m. and uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow we will be there. <laughs> but will the you be around? And then they show up at like 8 a.m. And you're like, what? How? Hmm. Yeah, they don't always... And then they, they're supposed to call... They're supposed to notify you. They don't always do that. They're supposed to show up in a certain window. They don't always do that. Sometimes they don't show up at all that day. Um, depend, I mean, I don't know. I have some sympathy for the like extreme logistics of the shipping industry. Yeah. But it definitely is like you kind of need to just be around and be patient and be open to whatever happens. Right. And I don't know if this is me or whatnot, but my experience is that when a truck schedules a delivery window, they normally show up 15 minutes prior to that delivery window. So, you know, do with that what you will. So then once the pallet arrives, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? You inspect it. You make sure that there, you know, aren't rats crawling out of it or like a giant hole in it or, uh, you know, like obvious signs of damage are the first things to look for. And you want to sort of like walk the perimeter like you're inspecting a used car. And then you want to, you know, poke at it and see if it's loose, you know, because essentially, and I don't mean to riddle you with my worst experiences here, but that <laughs> seems to be what the podcast is for, but I've had it every time where the driver comes at you and is like, all right, let's just sign for it and then we'll be done. Look, it's fine. See, see, nothing to worry about. That always means there is hidden damage. Hmm. So what do you, like, how do you determine hidden damage? 
so you want to cut open your the pallet wrap which is the plastic that holds it all together it's like a fist holding it tightly and then put it um you know just like look in the center of that stack and see if um and i have had this happen i swear unbelievably i have seen it where they rotate all of the damaged boxes into the center to obscure the damage and make all of the pristine boxes face out and then rewrap the pallet and then try to convince you that they did not do that and that it was perfect and that it's not their fault. So you just basically wanna be, you know, be jovial with the driver, but when you wanna look at it and make sure that you're not gonna find surprises later. You also wanna make sure, you wanna count the boxes. Yeah, and, and that- Make sure it matches the manifest. And um, one of our staff, there was, you know, many, many years ago, let's say six years ago, he received a pallet and there was a box missing from the pallet, but they had perfectly wrapped it to look like it was the correct number. And it wasn't until he counted on against the manifest later that he was like, wait a minute, we're 60 bucks short. Huh, that's weird. And then he spent the, you know, years afterwards being like, well, these two books are damaged, so I'm gonna need you to write up a damage report because he really wanted to make up the missing 60 bucks that we had paid for and not received from that driver. So to have a determined person on your mm -hmm. team. So your mileage may vary, your determination may vary, your patience may vary, but you know, so the best thing you can do is just making sure you take a look at it before, um, you know, you, uh, you sign off because signing it is basically saying, I got this, it's mine now, it's no longer their problem and it was perfect. Um, so when it is damaged or you are short books or what do you do? in that moment with the delivery driver standing there looking really impatient. You essentially have to hold your ground and say this many are damaged, we're gonna need to write up a report. And I believe if it, you know, it depends on the carrier, but they all have different rules. And I think if it's more than a thousand dollars, they have to bring out a third party to do that assessment and to count the damages. And so essentially the reason the drivers are always pushy about this is because, you know, they're losing an hour essentially where they could be doing their next delivery. So. But if all is well, the driver leaves, you cut open the pallet, you open up a box with a box cutter, you look at your book, you're like, oh my God, this flap. Best day like, ever. Look through it really nervously. You're like, did the printing come out okay? Is the spine straight? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there might be issues you need to bring up with your printer. But if not, you can unload your pallet and you can put all the boxes away. Do we have any wisdom about that or are we exceeding our mandate here? So you always want to put your labels out. So, you know, six years from now, if you, should you have any of these books left, you probably won't, you'll sell them all then you'll be able to figure out which book is in those boxes and that people really get tripped up on that, especially when they're unloading 30, 40 boxes at a time. Um, also, you know, lift from your knees and not your back and all that. Mm -hmm. Be safe. Use a hand truck. Wear a mask. Have a hand truck. COVID won't last forever. Only wear a mask when it is necessary. Oh God, I hope COVID doesn't last forever. Anyway. It's supposed to be gone in the next two years. Okay. Yes. After that, wear a mask only as necessary. Unloading pallets in a mask is not as horrible as you might think. 
even when it's hot, but it's pretty bad. Yes. We are officially brought to you by homemade iced tea and Adam's peanut butter jars exclusively. Well, and Kroger's green tea bags. Touche. Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.